hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That's the newest hey, hey, hey I ever heard. Try to change it up, you know. It's kind of like a hey, 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 hey. Hi, everyone. Hello, greetings, and welcome to Drinking During Business Hours. Thanks so much for coming back, returning, or listening for the first time. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Please give us five stars. And if you really like us, please write a stellar review. You would be shocked at how far that goes. It helps us out so much. And we appreciate you all yes, so much. Yes, we do. So, wow, what a day we've had. Oh, my God. Today wasn't even a day. Today was a week. <laughs> Today was we, literally like so a crazy amount just packed into one day. It was. We're returning from Medford, Oregon, where we, we performed. Yep, we were up at uh, we were in, up in Medford, Oregon, performing uh, some uh, shows at Chadwick's. I loved it. I have always enjoyed uh, working uh, comedy at that venue. That was a really great experience. Right? Yes. And they're really nice. The first night was a full house. Absolutely packed in. And then the second night, not a full house, but a great crowd because it rained. It was pouring rain. rain. It was cold. People are so funny when it rains. But the people who were there were diehards. Yeah. Like they were really happy to be there. I like that little town. It's really nice. Yeah. So we got up at 5 a.m. Today, right. we got up at 5 a.m. To get on a flight. To get on an early flight out of Medford so we can come back here. And for you wine lovers, we came back early today so that we could go to a champagne tasting event. Yeah. Uh, at our friend Glenn Knight's uh, place in yeah. uh, West L.A. called The Wine House. We had such a good time. Yes, you, we had a really good time. And we tasted some incredibly beautiful champagnes and we shared yeah. some beautiful champagnes. Yeah. And- so it's yes. it's it's been a day, and, and here we are now at five thirty in the afternoon. And now we're drinking some more. And we're drinking some more because it's business hours <laughs> oh somewhere, and the show title says it all. <laughs> we are drinking during business hours. And what are we drinking today? I'm very excited. We said we were going to drink this wine a couple weeks ago when we had Erica Rhodes here. Yeah, because we're doing this new thing where we're telling everyone what we're going to drink prior to the next episode. So you just can in go case, out. Right. just in case you want to drink with us, if you want to drink with us. So today, what we're drinking is the Rutherford Hill Sauvignon Blanc, and this is beautiful wine. Now, Rutherford Hill is a classic, iconic Napa, California producer. And they make very limited amounts of wine. They only do a couple of different varietals. And uh, their Merlot is tremendously good. But today we're drinking their Sauvignon Blanc. And it's nice. Well, you are a Sauvignon Blanc lover. I like Sauvignon Blanc. It's one of your favorite white grapes. And I like Rutherford Hill. Yeah. They're, uh, they're authentic. They you re- know? Yes. They're authentic. The, all the wine that they make actually tastes like the grape is mm-hmm. supposed to taste. Mm-hmm. So I really got to give it to them. Their winemaker is really, really good. The winemaker is really cool. And Michael Code. What's his name? Michael Code. My, oh, I met Michael Code. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Really cool dude, yeah. Uh, you know who else is a cool dude? Who's a cool dude? Our guest today. Who's our guest today? <laughs> <laughs> we talk, And talk about authentic. I really, really like this comedian's comedy in particular. And today we have comedian, writer, Claude Stewart. Yes. Hello, my ladies friend. and gentlemen. Hi. Yes. One round of applause to our guest, Claude Stewart. It's 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 great to finally have you on. 
Oh, this is Seriously. awesome. Two of my favorite people. Thank and you so much for being here. Claude and here. I, we, we go way, way back. Claude is a very good friend. And uh, we have worked together before. And we have had many, many glasses of wine together before. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of wine knowledge through uh, through uh, Rich. And uh, I, I'm not allowed to describe a wine as grapey. That is, is correct. That right? You would not say <laughs> grapey. What? You were describing it as grapey? Yes. Uh, a little but bit. See, uh, you're authentic. <laughs> that's, that's a very authentic response. You know, there's one thing I can say about Claude, and it's one of the things I love about him as a human being. He is absolutely authentic yes. unapologetically himself <laughs> you know but that's okay grapey you got i mean that's a descriptor it's well, grapey <laughs> you know as you know sarah i have we i have a lot of wine that i've amassed over the years and claude would come over sometimes late at night one two after in the morning, sets after sets mm -hmm. at the at the improv whatever and we'd open wine and i would pour it <laughs> And he'd say to me, now, I want to really understand. Like, I want to know that I'm tasting this right. And I'd say, okay, well, tell me what you're tasting. And inevitably, the first thing he'd say is, well, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. You're not wrong. Not Wine is <laughs> grapey. You know, but I've never yeah. heard anybody taste an Italian dish and go, well, it's very Parmesan. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, we should probably start doing that because that sounds delicious. I would like a Parmigiani pasta. <laughs> I would, particularly. But... Do you have noodly noodles? That'd be it is very noodly, these noodles. <laughs> they're very noodly, and they noodle around, and I they're noodly. I think you possibly were the first friend that I met of Rich's when we started dating. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, that's true. That's yeah. right because we all we we met at your place, then we all did a spot. I think. Yeah. Right. Well, we what all... a lot of people don't yeah. know, and I guess since we're very organic here on the show, is that when Sarah and I first started dating, we were very much undercover. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I used to refer to her as my secret girlfriend. <laughs> but you, because you're one of my closest friends in the world, yeah. you knew all about everything. I knew this wasn't a George Glass situation. You knew this was not a... Now, that, by the way, for those of you who don't know who George Glass is, Google Brady Punch. George Marsha. Yeah, it was Marsha. Or was it Jan? Was it Jan? Glass. I have a boyfriend, George. And then she looked at the glass door. Right. Glass. George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. We lived up north. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And you know what? As much as I love all the Brat Pack movies, they kind of they, they didn't steal it, but they kind of did the male reverse to it with right. uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, my girlfriend. Uh, you don't know her. She lives in Canada. Uh, you know, right. that was kind of his version. Right. Georgia Glass. Yeah, yeah. But you always knew that kid, that that kid in junior high or high school who never had a girlfriend, but she lived up north. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was always up it was north. Like, always <laughs> up north. She lives up north. She can't get up north. <laughs> right, right. Even the kids in Alaska are like, no, it's up north. Once you say up north, that means snowstorms and road blockages and traffic. No one's going up north. <laughs> we can't research this. No one's no. going there. I like how you say we were undercover when we felt like we're famous we, or something. Yeah, we yeah. were. We had to be undercover. We were. We didn't want the paparazzi. Right, right. <laughs> what, what are you, Mad Damon and Winona Ryder uh, circa 97? You know, <laughs> the whole thing back then, the whole thing was the stand-up comedy community is very small. It is. And, and they talk. They love and, to talk, and, don't they? And for those, they're going to talk inevitably. And for people who don't <laughs> right. know or have never seen Sarah, she uh, it was quite... Um, 
uh, well, I don't even know how to say this the right way. A lot of male comics wanted to date her. Oh, I'm stop. Sure. So sure. we, yes. Me? So, <laughs> yes, you. And we just decided, you know, it's nobody's business what we're doing here. So let's not tell anybody. But I told Claude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, uh, when I met you and, you know, knowing that how close you two are, it just kind of, uh, Valid. I mean, I already knew Rich was a great person, but you kind of helped to validate that. Like, you know, because you, oh, you nice. do, you do have to look at someone's friends, and they are who they hang out with. You are right? the company you. Keep. You're the company it, you keep. Yeah, that's. And, a lot, there's a lot of truth to that. And I, <laughs> yeah, and that's you're, why all my friends are male strippers and drug dealers. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, but Claude, her name is White Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> but you have the best reputation for being a drug dealer, and uh, um, no, no, but you do have a great reputation i have i hear bookers constantly just rave about you and um you know well i I bribe very well so (laughs) you're easy to bribe you are very easy to bribe so let's let's go back to like how this started Um, now you two know each other but we haven't really had this conversation of like the where were you raised oh yes okay Uh, for anyone listening who uh, doesn't know me uh which is most of you uh i am originally from another country perhaps you've heard of it uh, mississippi Uh, (laughs) that's another galaxy dude (laughs) control your jealousy Uh, where where in Mississippi, uh, M I double S I double S I double Um So, uh, Greenville, Mississippi, which is uh, the I'll tell you the cool thing about it. It's um, it was right in the heart of the Delta Blues. So, wow. I grew up watching a lot of blues musicians. BB uh, King lived in Indianola, which was twenty to thirty minutes from me, and it, it was awesome. I got to see him do like a, a live show, free show every summer. He would just come home. And, That's so weird know. because you know, with your love of White Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love white snake. Nobody would know that you know were a blues where I'm guy. Claude's the first guy to put his his fingers up in the air like, yeah! Here I go again <laughs> on my own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming down the only road I've ever known. Oh, you hit the high note. Oh, yeah. You. Clogging. <laughs> I love that come, song. Come on, Tawny Katane. I know. <laughs> you know the I, absolutely. <laughs> the hottest woman in the 80s. My you, God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> love that band. I do too. Right. Fun fact: um, David Coverdale actually named White Snake after his penis. Right, uh, that is a true story. I never knew. Yes, wow. you know, like, I mean it's crazy. I'll so, tell you a fun fact: that's when I was kind of in high school, to think about. my high school band. <laughs> you gotta be packing if you're doing that. So my my high school, yeah, he's probably Jewish. My high school band uh, used to rehearse at a rehearsal studio in Van Nuys, California, off of Kester Avenue. Okay, yeah. White Snake used to rehearse there in the big room. Oh wow! So we would sometimes yeah. go and watch them rehearse. Oh man! Oh yeah! Their main stage, your annex. That's you know? correct. That's we a were total annex. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow! It's White Snake and the New Edwardians. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, it was um. It's one of those things where uh, and you know, look, I know Mississippi uh, gets a bad reputation, but here's the thing: there's no <laughs> there's no middle ground there. Everyone, it's either rednecks or aristocrats. You know what there's, I mean? And so there, uh, there's nothing in, in between there. And uh, mm. and by the way, I always tell people that I, you know, look, when it comes to state education, I think Mississippi comes in 50th place most right. of the time. So Whoa. it doesn't matter where you're from. All we bump right. you up, you know. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about it, there's one there's one form of state education I would say Mississippi has that no other state has. And they're the only state that probably teaches children how to count the time. Right, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> right? 
No one has said you could do that. Is that one of the first jokes you ever wrote? <laughs> Be honest. No, is, but I do it on a cruise ship. I will do oh, it on a cruise Oh, well, ship. that's yeah. a cruise ship joke, you know. <laughs> like, All right, 30 seconds of clean. Let's uh, That's that an up. easy yeah. cruise ship <laughs> So were you a funny kid? Did you know you wanted to be a comedian? So, yeah, I always knew, like, in some form I wanted to entertain. You know, mm. like, when I, it blew my mind the first time I saw a sketch on Saturday Night Live and then SCTV, and I was like, this is amazing, you know? And I became addicted, and then, you know, I always loved Johnny Carson, and I would watch the monologue, and I would watch his guests, you know? And and then, uh, I mean, I'm old school. As a kid, I was old school. I would, you know, I was watching Newhart, and I was watching, like, anything oh, yeah. I thought that was funny. And then my, my grandfather had a clip of Jack Benny, and I'm like... This guy's a genius, you know, and I just, any, anything I thought was funny. And then I, I went through a Woody Allen phase where I just researched all of his movies. And right. so I just, there was something inherent about comedy that just spoke to me and, and I thought it was amazing. And um, yeah, I, I was like, I was the skinniest kid. I mean, I was, I was athletic, you know. You're I, the skinniest I, I, adult. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'll take it now. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I remember the pandemic. I was, I was, I was even skinnier in the pandemic because um, your I, nickname I was, is uh, Lockpick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm look, actually, I'm looking at myself. I kind of like a Q-tip as we're talking. <laughs> you know, I look like I look like with my hair like this and my glasses. I look like um, a grown-up Jonathan Lipnicki from Jerry Maguire. Oh you yeah, do, actually, a little bit. Yeah. Right? Did you that know birds and dogs kid, can smell fear? <laughs> a little bit. I can see it. was it. cute. Yes. That was the cutest kid in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. So there's that, you know, yeah, not totally. a bad, not a bad thing. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I was captain of the cross country team. I, I played tennis, but I, but I really wanted to do comedy and there, there were no outlets, you know, in Mississippi. There was, I think when I was 18. There was a comedy zone in yeah. Biloxi because I used to work there. It was at, at a casino in the, maybe? In the early nineties. No, it was in Biloxi, Mississippi. It was called the comedy zone. Yeah. I, so I didn't start, I started a comedy in 95 right so i didn't yeah it, yeah I, I just didn't have anywhere to do it and then my folks moved um in 1990 they early 90s they moved to houston and then i went to college in dallas and then right. i started oh. i started in texas and which was a great place to start because uh there were four clubs in dallas and four in houston i mean right. richard's been there you know I, at the time i'm sure you the know laugh but, stop um, was still open in houston the at stop, the time and then the laugh shop and the laugh shop by the way <laughs> but no this is totally true and by the way <laughs> Out of the laugh stop, the laugh spot, and the laugh shop, the laugh stop was the best of the three. But yes. then there was also the improv, Dallas, and the improv, Addison. And you could pretty much do one or three. Right. And, you know, my parents lived there, and I'm like, I might as well do three so I can, you know. So you got a pretty early start. I did, yeah, yeah. I was, I was college kid or just, just out of college, and, and uh, you know, I did... I, you know, I won the the funniest person at SMU contest, which sounds more grandiose than it was. That you know, there were seven of us, and uh, right before we did it, uh, six mysteriously disappeared. Uh, oh boy! <laughs> no, but I mean, That's I a would, cutthroat competition. So you basically followed in your, in, you in your great grandparents' <laughs> footsteps of eliminating the enemy. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> they always fought for the good side. I, I no, but I, uh, yeah, I was probably the only one who really wanted to be a comedian, you know. Mm. And the judge was—you might know the judge. Remember the China Man? Do you remember him, Mark Britton? Oh my. Goodness. Yes, he, this is back when he was Mark Britton, and he was at he was a comedian who was I, at my school, I and he was the judge. Mark Britton, yeah, and wow. he was he was like he helped me uh, get in because he that's hilarious, you know, yeah, yeah, and he he was like go to the improv, call these clubs, and you know. oh, that's nice. <laughs> wow. So he kind of guided you and mentored you in that the was circle. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And then three years later, I was like opening for him, and I'm like, all right, I made it. You know, I told my, my <laughs> I told my parents they're like, do you have health insurance? I gotta go. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even have job insurance. Are you kidding me, Mom? This is show business. I don't have anything. I know. Well, I know. dear, call us when you have health insurance. <laughs> so uh, uh, he's imitating my mother, who uh, definitely sounds like Scarlett O'Hara. That was a little more flow from Alice. But I was a little flowy. It was a little flowy. I love Margaret. Never go I love. Uh, I love Mississippi. Um, I, uh, I, it used to be part of my territory when I was in the wine industry in the southeast of the U.S. And I would go to Mississippi quite often. So I know a little bit about the culture. Oh, nice. They love, they love the drink and they do love wine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I kind of got along with them. Nice. (laughs) I'm sure they thought you were just charming. Did they they call you little lady? Um, they call, no, no, they, okay. So they call everyone Bubba. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and I wasn't getting it. Like I thought, so I was assigned to work with the sales rep and I heard someone, you know, refer to him as Bubba. And I thought that was really his name. Yeah. So yeah. I started calling him Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, awesome. and then, yeah, I really thought that that was his name. And he kind of like looked at me because we just met, you know, and I'm like, yeah. hey, Bubba, uh, you want to get my bag? <laughs> He's like, you want to get my bag? Don't call me that. <laughs> but then he started calling me Bubba. And yeah, then I got like, really confused. But yeah, everyone's <laughs> named Bubba. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's sort uh, of an, And they love terms of endearment. Yeah, everybody's a sugar and a honey and a, yes. a baby doll. Bubba to me is a fat guy who will change your oil if you pay the extra 10 cents a gallon. Yes. <laughs> That's Bubba. Or your cellmate. Or your well, cellmate, yes. They all kind of had that look, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... But not you. You certainly. I, I would have never guessed. I don't know. Or boo boo. Hey boo boo. But yeah, it's well. true. I, why did, oh, sorry. I brought up the skinny kid thing because I I, I just remember growing up like uh, that's when like when you're in your most awkward stage. Maybe not women, but men. I would say about age thirteen. You're in the very awkward. I'm kind of getting braces. I'm kind of not. Right. And I'm yes. like, oh, the the hot girl. Uh, likes me if I make her laugh, and that that kind of oh, came out of that. Right. Or, you know, I'm not gonna get my ass beat by the biggest linebacker if I make yes. him laugh. You know, so, so I, <laughs> I have to say, as a guy, yeah, um, I was always class clown, Mr. Funny Guy. Me too. Yes, and it's very interesting when all of a sudden you realize that oh, being funny makes the cute girls like you. Yes. Yes, it, it's it's, uh, it's a whole revelation. Yeah. It, it's it, it can be an aphrodisiac, and and, and I will yes. tell this, and um, it's so funny. Heather and I laugh about this, my wife. But before I met it was her, wonderful by the uh, way. Oh, I thank you. Your She's a big, big fan of both of you. We beautiful, love her. beautiful, <laughs> charming woman. Uh, the, uh, I will tell her. She'll love that. Uh, but yes, yeah, before I met her, I would pretty. Much, I mean, I was just so busy with doing comedy. I, I pretty much would meet girls after a show, and then right. I was explaining to her here. Here's why it works because, it, and it works the same for women too. But like, if a woman sees a man you have a good show for like let's say 30 minutes or more that's essentially the equivalency of five good dates so you already <laughs> yes, have you know theoretically I mean? and we all know what happens on the third date in terms you know, of, <laughs> in, in that, by the way let's do right? the math let's do the math for the listeners that's in terms of laughs per minute yes yes so if, consistent if, if, if a woman comes to see a show and you do a really good show for 30 minutes mm-hmm. that means she laughed at basically 28 minutes of your jokes so if you go out with a woman on a date and the date is two hours, out of that two hours, at least 30 minutes of it is going to be her laughing. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it, yeah, that, yeah. It's a good way to mathematically break it down. Yeah. Okay, no, at so the same, I can this, tell you've worked a long time on this algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you, <laughs> you just like no, sit around the campfire <laughs> with a calculator. <laughs> we, go, we go home. We go. You, we, 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 next what time, we do. you're gonna you're gonna clean out his desk. You're gonna find a Goodwill hunting map yes. that he's created. <laughs> this is how dumb guys are. This is are. really like a very <laughs> serious this conversation is really, right now. This is really how stupid <laughs> men are. Yeah, we will figure this out. We are ridiculous. We really. We'll figure this out. Yeah. Man. Well, she laughed at me for 30 minutes. Uh, that means if I would have taken her out uh, to dinner for two and a half hours, she would have laughed for 30 Imagine minutes. Imagine all the so money we're saving. basically already conquered the first date. No, exactly. But here's the question, though. I would say it could, it could backfire on you potentially. Because if you're not funny, let's say you have a bad show, that could be the five bad dates. Yeah. Do you think so? Right? She could be like, okay. Well, Dude, if you have yeah. a That's bad a show, it's just <laughs> no dates Period. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's it. There's no five bad. It's just no date. You're yes. not gonna get a date. If that's you're it. No, that's uh, it. <laughs> so, no. so you started in Dallas, then, really? Yes. I okay. So yeah, every time they had like a talent show at my college, and then my senior year they had like the funniest person or whatever, and then that was toward the end of uh, I was about to graduate, and then I was like, okay, I got a summer here. Let's do it. And then I just started getting up in, anywhere I could, you know. And uh, what brought you to, where'd you go first? L.A.? Um, New York? Yes. yes. Okay. You know what? I really, I wasn't uh, doing it that long before I moved here, but the opportunity came up. Like, I had some college buddies that moved out of here, and then I had, uh, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. I, I know what I did. I used to work at California Pizza Kitchen. Yes, you did. And, and I, Good I, pizza. I, I and the Daily Grill. And the, and the Daily Grill. <laughs> the Daily Grill. But, but what I did is I, I had a job in Houston there, and I found, that's what it was. There was an opening in Beverly Hills. And then my, my friend like knew all the managers. He's like, I make a phone call, man. Do you want to go? And then I, my buddy was like, come on, move out with me, man. I got an extra room. All right, let's do it. Oh, that's <laughs> so it's like, so what are you cool. doing? I'm working in Beverly Hills. Where? California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Rich, the best pizza yeah. in town. I love it. And by the way, Heather hates it. I love it. Oh, I, I love it. I love it too. And you can get great salads. Yes. You know, free yes. plug, CPK. Uh, you know, they're known for the barbecue chicken pizza. So you got to give them the yes. barbecue chicken That's pizza. That's theirs. And, and for the record, my family used to love to go. We've okay. been there with your see, family. Uh, but not the one in Beverly Hills. <laughs> they're not there anymore. But the CPK in Beverly Hills was like a regular stop That was my family. And I would always be like, oh, really? <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you started getting up right away in L.A., or did you do the open mic scene? Did you? Yes, yes, I, I did. I just got up anywhere I could. I did. I did. The, you know, the alternative open mics and bookstores, and you know, oh, uh, right. laundry mats. Uh, yeah, I did the three minute uh, showcase at the the comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and and um, you know, yeah, any, anywhere I could. And uh, and actually, you might remember this, uh, Richard, but uh, when you're he's talking about me working at two different restaurants. Oh my God, I had four part time jobs when I when I'm uh, like my first year here. I never had a day off. Like the burnout factor was low, but I never had a day a day right. off. I I worked at Blockbuster Video, right wow. across the street. So I cool. worked at the <laughs> Daily Grill. Okay, and people would see me. All these rich folks would like see me. They going go, across the street yeah. to catch yes. your to catch your 12 o'clock shift yes then, they, they, then you clock out at four o'clock you walk back across the street clock in for your five o'clock yes. shift and they get confused they're like wait aren't you the guy wait, from the like yes did, do you need a babysitter because i'm starving right <laughs> by the way just so you know my material at daily grill different than my material at blockbuster you're not gonna hear the same jokes right, right. all right i'm wow. not gonna tell you to be kind and rewind very nice 
your piccata. That's a lot of that's a lot of jobs. It was a lot. I had those two, and then I had on on the re, uh, weekend I did a market research where I showed people like thirty second trailers right. and asked them why they liked it or why they didn't. And then probably the most exciting because uh, it was actually show business was I uh, interned for uh, Dennis Miller Live on right. uh, HBO. Oh. You know, I was right. I worked my way up to assistant script coordinator. So okay, no, but what a great <laughs> experience! I would imagine that opened some doors. It was awesome. Guess who I met there? Over Dennis ten. Miller? Yes, your old uh, mentor. <laughs> Who won an Emmy? My buddy yeah. Rick Overton, who won an Emmy, and him and Mike Dugan both won Emmys. That's right. Writing on the Dennis Miller show. It was awesome. Absolutely. And so funny. Dennis Miller. Okay, so my hair was uh, definitely preppier at the time. I didn't okay. have this do. You have a spiky do right now. Yes. Everyone look up Claude <laughs> Stewart. He's got this. Uh, it, it's really kind of your signature. It's, it's, my it's just a big fuck you to everybody else your age going, I can do this, and you lost it all, and you can. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a, yeah, you coined that look for sure. Uh, it's funny. It, yeah, I have a couple buddies of mine that are, that are my, my age, and anytime I'm like, man, I need a haircut to get my eyes. I'm like, oh, boo-hoo, hair problems. Right. Yeah, they love this. Exactly. Um, but Dennis never called me Claude uh, because I had preppy hair. I was 20 pounds more of muscle. Right. And I, I looked like uh, Billy Zabka from the Karate Kid, you know? And he would always walk up to me, hey, Zabka, you kicking any macho ass today, babe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, it, it was amazing watching this guy write because they, they would pitch him jokes. And I, I, I know you know this, but like he, uh, they literally would pitch him jokes and he would say, keep it, lose it. And then he would go, hold on, hold on. oh, let, let's change the verb. We need a new verb. Mm. And right. he, and it would improve so the joke he ten times. Really it, knew he didn't just rely on his writers. He yeah, kind of, it was word doctor. Yeah, he was, was definitely a word doctor. He steered yeah. the ship. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's all done. And and Overton's like that too. You know, he, well, he's a Overton was my you know. mentor. He taught me how to write jokes. Yeah, yeah. He taught me the different styles of jokes and when you want to do a setup and what you want in the setup for that particular style of joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's awesome. And there's a mechanics to it, and a lot of people don't understand that. So when you get a guy like Dennis Miller. Or a guy like Rick Overton, and you're pitching them, and I, I, they're just breaking the joke down in their head, yeah, literally yeah. like a car engine. Mm -hmm. and they, oh, you want this joke to run? You need to, you know, you got to tighten that screw right there. He gave me great advice one night because um, there was we were doing a showcase. It was something they were doing. Showtime was doing like this uh, environmental material uh, show or whatever, and you get up and you do eight minutes of it. And I, I'd specifically catered my act or written like an eight minute green set. And one dude did my exact punchline, different setup, but the same mm. punchline. Like, Shit. And I told Rick, Rick, I was like, "Well, I got to do the set, right? That's what I've." Read. He goes, "No, no, man. If the guy's coming at you with a knife this way, you know, you, you know he's coming. You can, let's you know, right. find a different way to go." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So I dropped That's the bed. And did something else. That's <laughs> stressful, though, when you Very. have to change midstream from something that you've, you know, kind of prepped. Yes. And you already have in your head and you're revved up. You're ready to go from that, A to Z. Yes, yes. And now you got to stop gotta, a cue. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I had to do that on stage last night. Yes, oh, you did you? Yeah. Yes. Well, what happened? Yeah. Did, did the MC do no, something? No, just, just my material wasn't working. Oh, got it. So you're like, let's I, shift I was, gears. I just completely shift gears and I did all my dirty stuff. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's what they wanted. Yep. They wanted the dirt. They, they just wanted to oh, yeah. laugh <laughs> at something a little raunchier. Yeah. But good for you for figuring it out. Don't you think a lot of people would not have? A lot of people don't. They'll stay the course. Yeah, thinking well, the ocean will smooth out. <laughs> They'll get me in a few minutes. No, it doesn't it work never, like that. It just yeah. got more rough. And that's the thing that, it, was, and, it was like here's the ocean, and here's my little yeah. nose. Yeah, but you know why? It, it didn't go on very long. You're like De Niro at the end of Cape Fear. Oh God! Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, but that's uh, something a lot of people don't understand about comedy. That's true. They think, well, just go on stage and you tell your jokes. Well, it's not like that. No. You have to be able to listen to and read not just the audience, but the room too. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you or any of the other comics. And sometimes the crowd and the energy in the room, and it just might be cold. And that's okay. And that's, that's just part of it. It's just I'm part of it. That. And so you just two have done keep it. Talking. No, you've done it Absolutely. so much longer Absolutely. than me, so I'm she, still. I tell you, the, yeah. the, the greatest lesson, and I wish I knew this when I was younger. I I, I knew it like once I was like on the road and stuff, but I wish I would have known that. I tell any, I, I mean, you're, you're past this, but I but I like anybody who says, "Hey, Claude, you know what? What, what do you wish you would have learned?" Bad crowds don't know they're bad. Right. They don't know. They have right. no we, clue. we know. Right. We're comparing them to the last amazing crowd we right. had. Right. The night before. But, yes. And we're or like, sometimes oh, the show before. Yes. Yeah. And we're like, the oh, seven o'clock applause versus break. the nine thirty. Yeah. 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 But they think they're being they think, oh no, you politely kind of smile and nod. Right. But right. us, we think that sucks, but they they have no idea. So as long as you can like know that and not take it personally, you know, I, I think it makes it's it easier. Never yeah. that's the thing it's that a lot advice. of people don't understand about comedy too is it's never personal. That's it. Because every single night, every single crowd, every single room is going to have a different temperature. But we make it personal because it's personal to us. Oh, right. yeah. So that, that's every, what's hard about it. It feels know. badly. It just, it just, yeah. it's just shit. Right, right. But then, <laughs> but then you get to well, the point. Oh, God. It's a worse feeling. When your jokes aren't landing, jam. Right. But then you uh, get right. to the point where you figure out what the shift in the wind is so that the rest of the jokes will land. And sometimes What's it's just your, calling yourself out. Sometimes it's, it's so kind of like, it you might, know, this went better in my bedroom. Or, you know, and then they laugh. Right? And yes. now they know that you know. And, 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 you know. and like when you call it out, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a shit night. Yeah. And it may be snowing out and they drudged out because they'd already pre-bought their tickets. They're in a bad mood. In there, yeah. And they're in a <laughs> shit mood. The couple's got in a fight. And the couple yeah. got in a fight. <laughs> and some people haven't been home from work yet. Right. And whatever it is, yeah. the show starts 20 minutes late and they're already tired and they've been drinking since 6 o'clock. It and happens. It, and it I happens. Mean, and there's nothing you can do hey. except keep your mouth Hey, yeah, keep going. Just, Just do your job, it. right? Talking. Yeah, do That's your job. All you can Listen, do. Uh, Richard Jenny, uh, rest in peace. Said, you know, he said, like, I mean, he he was prolific, right? He had a, yes. a lot of specials, and he's like, look, people, you know, they give me compliments about it, but I'll be honest, I could tell you, like, I do comedy a lot, and I would say at least every twelve show is not at all what I want, right? You know, every <laughs> so twelve show. So he would say, like, even yes. even every every twelfth was bad. For him, not you know? every show can be good. I was yeah. working with Rich Jenny in Florida. And we had an off night, and that off night we had a one, uh, like a one nighter that wasn't at a comedy. Oh, well, you mean a night in which you were off? Night, yes. That night in which we the crowd was off. Two okay. weeks in Florida, and we worked Tuesday through Sunday, off Monday, and then a new club Tuesday through Sunday. This was back when you were only doing week long rooms. Yeah. That off Monday night, we had a room booked at a bar, and we walked into this bar, and Rich Jenny looks at me and he goes, Oh, man. And I'm like, what? And he goes, just keep talking. Oh, he knew. He I'm knew. like, what? He goes, this is going to be a hell game. <laughs> just that experience, keep. Okay. You know. He goes, you got to do 30. Well, the way he goes, ah, you got to have to do 30 minutes, man. He goes, just keep talking. <laughs> All right. Fair All enough. right. Gotcha. Yeah, just it. keep talking. He could, he could smell this. it. He knew. Yeah. He knew. So, so, Claude, you've been a road comic and a headliner and a professional comic for 
a while now, right? Twenty eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but but, but <laughs> not a headliner for, but I've been doing but, it for twenty. But yes, years. Yeah. but when when did you become like when did you really get your chops to where you could become, you know, where this was like your income and you could rely on it and you were confident that you could go on the road and make a living as a comedian. I mean, you know, when you, you you've got that ridiculous, stupid confidence when when you start, you know, you're of you're, you're like one to three years in, you're like, I'm a genius. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> it's like a, you know what it's like? It's it's the Bob Dylan song. I'm I was ready. so much older then. I'm, I'm younger, younger than, than, than now. now. You know, uh, yeah. Yes. I'm ready for my Netflix special. Yeah. My, you know, totally. it's crazy. You know, yeah. two then, years you know. in, are you kidding? I'm ready to do I'm gonna dumb Carnegie Hall was around the corner right. no when i first started so ralphie may he was one of like the, uh, the headliners uh up and coming like when i when i started in houston and, and he goes hey man killer set up there he just saw me do five minutes you know he's like how much material do you have i was like yeah i got 20 he's like cool you got 10 maybe just so you know right maybe. You, have, you know what I mean? that's what i say that's that's literally it sounds like chastler doesn't oh, yeah. it oh, yeah. that's just me but you would have been like didn't laugh once <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be like, so how much time you really got? I got 20. No, you don't. <laughs> when he and I would do the gold mic and give feedback. Oh, you would go, yes. Okay, that one joke you did, not a joke. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> during the pandemic, during the pandemic, Claude and I were teaching online. Uh, comedy the, the class. Gold it was, was called the Gold Mike. Say teaching what? We were we were literally <laughs> newbies would go up. This was an online thing during pandemic, and newbies would come on. They do their setting five Cla minutes, yeah, five minutes each. And Claude and I would give feedback. Yeah, I was a little harsh. I would do more suggestions. Uh, what they could do, like, hey, do this. You could tag it with this. You know, and start and, with a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> you know. She's been in sales. Yeah, she, she knows. <laughs> I failed exactly. at every sales <laughs> job I ever had. They're never gonna take from you. I'd be that. like, listen, you <laughs> know that thing, thing you, you did about your grandma? That's not. Not only is it not funny, it's not even a joke. <laughs> And your grandma's still alive. So let's go back to the beginning. And your grandma's stupid. Yeah. And, you, and you're she's stupid. Totally and you're stupid for telling that joke. My grandmother's a hack. Oh, okay. All right. But, so Sorry, Sarah. I didn't answer okay, your so question. No, okay. So you had the confidence that first three years in. Yeah. But, but um, when, when, like, how long were you in comedy before you became a full-time um, like when did that happen? Six, six years okay. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so in six years you be, I mean, that's. That's not a lot of time to become like a full time. I mean, I was I was in Wisconsin comedy, you know, I definitely was. Yeah, you know, and I know that like L.A. is not New York, whereas New York you can get up three times a night easily. You right, know? Mm -hmm. but but I did get up most nights. I got up, and I tried. I would hold myself to five if I could do it five times a week. You know, that. But I, I was, again, twenty two, twenty three years ago. When you were, I was already on the road full time. Yeah, yeah. I started 38 years ago, 28 years ago. I was already on the road full time working 45 weeks a year. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It was still different 22, 23 years ago when you were six years in and were like, I'm ready to go on the road full time. There were still less comedians. There were less, less open comedians. mics. There was cheaper no, gas. There was yeah. There's yes. cheaper travel. There's, cheaper travel. Yeah. Cheaper gas. Way more clubs. More bookers. More yes. gigs. Not as there were no pre-produced shows. It was there just, wasn't social media. Right. It wasn't YouTube. It was different. Yes. It, it, was, it, different. it was a different thing. It yeah. was different. 
you know. But it was, I remember um, I, I was talking with uh, Matt Fultron. I think you guys are I know Matt. The full sure. charge, he calls himself. And uh, he and I, when we were, during, right when the social media craze hit, we realized, oh my God, we, we're now we're competing for weeks with YouTube stars. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we just kind of looked at each other like, you know what? We got to do what the comics in the early 90s did when the boom started dying out. You just got to adjust. You just got to find a way to stand out and, and make it happen and say, this is my job. I'm just going to book it. I'll be relentless and, and bug whoever I need to bug and just keep working. That was know? literally what we did when the boom died out. 92-ish, yeah. 93, 90, late 91, 92, 93. When they stopped handing out sitcoms to everybody. Well, 600 right? clubs had closed in the course of a year and a half in the early 90s, right when the boom was dying yeah. and those holding deals were going away. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're calling clubs that you were working for the last three, four, five years, and they're like, yeah, we're going out of business in a month. We're not taking any more bookings. Yeah, it's crazy. It was totally. crazy. You know? But it's, uh, I mean, work begets work, right? So, I mean, we, we I can complain so. about it, and it's okay. We have a right yeah. to complain about it, but if we're only complaining about it and not being proactive, then that's on you. You know what I mean? Right. So I yes. just try to, like, you know. Yes, you were one of the hardest working comics I know. No, thank you. you. Are always working. Well, well, you guys are hustlers, too. In fact, someone said to me, actually, when we left that reading uh, last week, right. I, I just met one of the actors, and he's like, man, they're that. Uh, Sarah and Richard, they, they just, they're both hustlers, you know, oh, so well, it's, that's, that's it's cool. It's great. I think. It's a really I cool, mean, inspiring thing. You have thing. to be though. Yeah, I think and so. Well, you know, yeah. per your point, you have to, you have to hustle if yeah. you want to, if you want to have any kind of, you know, if you want to make room for yourself in this industry. It's just we made saturated. a choice. It's crazy. Saturated. We, we, yeah. we made it. Look, there's that saying where you don't choose it, it chooses you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when that happens, you kind of make a decision as to whether or not you're going to go with that wave yeah, or if you're going to ignore it and go the way your parents want you to go. So in a sense, we all made a choice that we were going to pursue this love, this passion, this artistic endeavor, this thing that has an umbrella called show business. Yeah, like we owe it to ourselves. And And when you do that, you have to understand that no matter how you slice it, you're going into probably the single hardest industry on the planet. Next to being an NFL starting quarterback where there's only 32 of them. Yeah, yeah. Or, or a Navy SEAL. Next you to that, know, those, yes. Those the, <laughs> same thing. Gosh. Those but are the three. <laughs> other than that, there's almost no industry I could think of that's harder than mm. the entertainment industry. So you sort of don't have a choice. You kind of have to dig in and hustle. No, you you really do. I, I remember uh, when uh, when Heather got pregnant and I, I ran into uh, Eric Griffin and we were kind of catching up. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? He's like, oh, dude, that's great. And, and he's like, so what's the deal, man? Uh, you know, what all's going on? You know, was, is she working or whatever? And I, I go, well, yeah, but she's got to take time off. And, it, it, you know, it's pretty much me. Or He's like, so you're going to... You're a comedian, and you're gonna support three people in LA. And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Good for you," because every uh, every guy I know that does that, she's a nurse or she works for Big Pharma, right? Or, like it's you know oh, I mean? right. So look it's at Eric true. Griffin. <laughs> you know, look at him now. Yeah, I yeah. have no doubt that he's the breadwinner. He's now a nurse yeah. working for Big Pharma. <laughs> yeah, he's saying. done very, very well. And in his spare time, he directs Netflix specials. Right. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about your other vocation because you also somehow you segued into writing and you do write for a show. Yes, yes. So I was, uh, I had done uh, a couple of uh, Byron Allen's uh, stand-up shows, you know, like, you know, Comics Unleashed. And right. And comedy the, TV I and, love that yeah. show. 
Yeah, and yeah. You know, I'm a little behind. I'm super behind the eight ball on. I just started watching it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, how do you get on this show? <laughs> Eric <laughs> Peter Kofsky. Like canceled, you know, like it was like. I'm yeah, totally the answer is it. Eric Peter Kofsky. He's the guy. That's the answer. And they're not shooting him anymore. No, no, no they're, they're off right I've, now. But they'll, they'll bring him back. I'm sure they'll. I, yeah. You know. Well, when I'm they do, it. I'm, I'm doing I'm catching ones. up yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh, I want to see you then. So you were on a couple episodes. Yeah, yes. I think the first one, you know, I did one, you know, back in 07. I did one in 09. And they had. Then they had comedy.tv, and that right. was a little later. But I, you know, so I was friendly with him. And then uh, I knew, you know, my buddy Dwayne Perkins, we were in the same sketch group. Love Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah. oh, hilarious. I love Dwayne, too. And awesome, dude. But um, he, so he, I knew him and a couple of writers. There were six of them. And in 2016, they were doing six episodes, just as a test for this game show. It was called Funny You Should Ask, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I and and then I, <laughs> I I ran it random. I ran into Eric Peterkowski, you know, at a show. And then uh, and I go, hey, you know, uh, Dwayne, you know, told me about, about that show. It sounds awesome. I didn't ask him or anything. And he just looks at me, and goes, "You want to be? You want to write on the show?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. What do I need to do?" He was like, "About email you packet." He's like, "Look, I'm doing this to a lot of people, so uh, don't get your hopes up." I was like, "Oh, no problem, dude. Let me know what I need to do, you know." And he he emailed me everything on a Sunday, and I had to get it back to him Tuesday. And then I did. And I worked hard on it, you know. But I I sent it, and then I didn't really think much about it because I was like. I had to catch a jump on a flight and do a tour and it was uh you know like minnesota and michigan and it was freezing in, in february you know and i was navigating everything and they called me and they're like can you come in for an interview and i was like i can't i'm on the road but i, I get back monday they're like come in monday okay cool Ooh. and so i thought all right this is good and i went in and, I, and they they said we really liked your packet let's go through it and then as they went through it i'm like oh i i see what they're doing they're making sure i'm not nuts right and i can handle the negative feedback you know because they were like that jokes work now here's why this one doesn't work because on the show we did and i was just like, okay okay cool you know so i made sure not to stab anybody with a stapler you know exactly that's <laughs> but, hard because you have such <laughs> ownership yeah you right. feel you're so, you get sensitive and I, they, yeah. the, the jokes are your babies you wrote no, them absolutely yeah. you know right. and, and but yeah, that, so that that was back in 2017, and yeah, and I was lucky enough to work uh, through uh, 2020, like midway through 2020, and then we pretty much were off for two years because they didn't know what was happening right. and everything, and and then we came back, you know, last year. So uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's it's been cool, and we're doing it virtually now. Okay, you know? and what is it called? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm funny sorry. you should ask. Funny you should. Ask. Oh, oh, it's yeah. funny you should ask. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and we're gonna go. Uh, I, I definitely have to plug this. We are gonna go on CBS primetime, seven to nine p.m. on Saturday, December. 9th. Right. Four episodes and then they're going to see what happens. So. Oh, that's <laughs> right. so exciting. Mm. At which case, maybe they'll let me submit another package. Yes. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember working? Claude actually worked with me on my submission oh, yeah. for that show and we put a great package together. We did. And thank you, Greg Wilson. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, <clears throat> I will say that, listen, I, I, I referred, that was back, I referred, not too many people, but everyone I referred, they just didn't take them. And I don't understand why, because everybody was perfect. I'm not using your name ever again. <laughs> Only for the no, hair that's, that's, that's amazing. That's a nice balance, because, you know, you have, you know, the road comedy, and you do cruise ships as well, mm-hmm. from what I understand. I mean, you're everywhere. You do like yeah yeah you do the country you do cruise ships you do uh, do you perform for the military? Uh, yes, I have. Let them see. I did. Oh oh, I did. Yes, I did one. Um, I haven't done one of those tours in a while, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I, I did uh, the the naval base in uh, Coronado actually a couple oh, weeks ago, cool. and that was awesome. That was wow. Fun. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and so the the writing I would imagine just kind of balances because you don't have to be on the road to, to you know that's nice because right. you can be just yes. kind of home and. 
and spending time with your family, your incredible wife, and and you have this beautiful son. Like oh, you're doing th- it all. You're thank everything, you. no, he, man. He, he is fun. It, it's it's interesting working from home. It's like I, I have to kind of break it up, you know. Like uh, usually, what I do is I'll, I'll work from like eleven to three, uh, and then yeah, I can be on daddy duty and, and take care of other things. And then that's why I'm up so late. And then like after dinner, after 9 p.m., often I work till 3 a.m. because that's when I can catch up. You know? Right. <laughs> so well, it's, it's hard. But Now let me ask you a question because a lot of comedians like to act. Was that something that you had ever set your sights on? Thinking, oh, I want to act. I want to be on a sitcom or I want to do movies. Did you study acting? Was that something that was? Yeah. So I studied, you know, I studied in college. I mean, I was in every play I could when I was in school, you know. Right. Um, and I would always try to go for the comedy. And then sometimes they would go, well, Claude, no, you're good at the straight man in this. And I was all right, all right, I'll, I'll be the straight man. And then um, I studied in college. I served with a great teacher who I love. He's out here. Uh, Stuart Rogers is his name. And he, he came from a uh, playhouse West. That was mm-hmm. his background. Sure. But I mean, you know, he, he loved Stella as much as he loved everything else. You know, he, he was a fan of, if you're good at what, what you're doing, he's like, what I like to do is I look at the actor and I go, what do they need? How are they going to respond? But right. you know, so I really liked his kind of out of the box uh, thinking, but I was studied with him for five years and then the road stuff just really picked up. And I'm like, I, I gotta go where the money is. You know, <laughs> I do know it, that, it takes you right out of that thing. Yeah. It, I mean, and I still, you know, I still do act, but I'm not like, I mean, I'm just in a situation where if I get a tour, I got to take the tour, you know? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, I did see you in a short though, and you were great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we went to the premiere. You oh, had the, uh, it, yeah, and it was on the big screen. And oh yeah, uh, man yeah, on were, bus. You were great. The pissed off white guy. The man bus. on bus. <laughs> but I, I just really, you, you really are someone to, you know, every comedian should, should, uh, you know, I like, like you really are kind of the goal of. It's, you know, hashtag goals because like you're, <laughs> you're, you're so balanced and you're doing it all, you know, because a lot of comedians, I think are, they feel like they can't do anything but comedy. They can't have a girlfriend. They can't have a wife. They can't, or they can't have a partner. They can't have, you know, it's just, but you're do you have, you have the family, you have the, you know, that, you have the stand up, yeah, you. that you have the stand up comedy career and you're a writer for it on a TV show. And it's, it's really commendable it's you know that's the goal no much appreciated my, my friend thank you i know it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because i do i i know comedians who go oh, i can't be in a relationship i'm not right. as funny i'm like well then you're nuts you know what i mean you you're funny or you're not funny it doesn't <laughs> matter if you're in a relationship yeah i mean it only gives you a greater pasture to pick jokes out of i think so that i've seen you're you either guys, funny or you're not you, since both of you've met i've seen both of you create some awesome material right. just off your relationship oh, that's you. all i mean yeah. it doesn't make you less yeah. funny yeah. it gives you more material funny absolutely is funny. you're either funny or you're not funny if be... you're if you're a good comedian and you're funny any situation you're in you'll be able to derive jokes out of oh listen my my, my wife and son they've given me so much by accident Th- this is just yesterday i'm not even making this up yesterday we're we're talking and she kind of shelters him a little too much with the movies she's like a lot uh, uh, not jurassic park that's too crazy you know right. and i'm like oh yeah he doesn't like dinosaurs i know <laughs> what kid what kid likes dinosaurs <laughs> So basically, we were talking, and she goes, "Well, I don't want him to watch that one movie." I'm like, "But it's all kids. It's like a G movie of kids." She's like, "Yeah, but I, you know, the way they talk to each other is unkind." I'm like, "Honey, the way you talk to me is unkind." Right. You know, like, That's a joke. I'm like, "Thank you." Honey. That's a great joke, exactly, and it's true. <laughs> so yes, you're you're right, Sarah. You no, can, it's you can it's be. yeah. I I just I really admire I admire where you are. I admire your path, how you got there, how you how you're here. 
And Thank it's, you. Yes, and thanks for sharing your story. I just admire you being here on time today. <laughs> you, were, you beat us, yeah, actually. You had to wait. really admire you for your punctuality. <laughs> I showed up way too early, for those of you not listening. I had to- <laughs> but everyone, check out Claude Stewart. I mean, your comedy is excellent, and you're so hardworking and successful and uh, but where can they find you, Claude? Oh yeah, Claude so ClaudeStewart.com. Uh, My name is spelled with an E, so it's C L A U D E. The last name is Stewart. Is S T U A R T. Um, I have two specials I, I, uh, that are on right now. Uh, on Drybar, I have a special, and then on Tubi, I have a special. They're totally different. My hair's down on the right. Tubi. <laughs> oh boy, uh-huh. were you as were you as funny with your hair down? Ah, uh, you guys be the judge. But I mean, is that <laughs> does that affect you? Like you know, it does. But I I, yeah. have, to, I have to start off with a joke about it, and then. Go from there, you know. You know, I used to do, when I first started, I used to go on stage with this jacket that was white and black speckled. And I would go on stage, and this is 1986, and I would say, I know what you're thinking. And I'd point to the jacket and I'd say, TV at 3 a.m. And I would turn around. (laughs) And it would look like your television set when the station would go off from broadcasting. And you would just get the fuzz. (laughs) And that's what the jacket looked like. Nice. Now that doesn't, work of of course because stations don't go off the air anymore and you've got cable but i know that feeling of needing to have that opening line thing yeah when you first get on stage but i I also know when my hair's like this i know that's what they're looking at right you know so it's i have it's i have to say something yeah yeah the hair itself is the setup (laughs) yeah when you go on stage you've already done the setup without saying anything that's a good point that's a really sort of kind of just are open to let a punchline out yeah, just by walking just on stage. Just by walking you know? on stage, the setup's already been done. Yeah, and you know why I started this, actually? I used to have longer hair, and I would watch myself on stage, and I'd go, Pff. I would, like, blow it out oh. of my face, and I would do that. I'm like, God, that's annoying. So I started spiking it. Gel it up. <laughs> yeah. So. And that sort of became a thing. It did. Because <laughs> people will always you go, oh, your hair's... Because you and I go out, and we'll, you know, we hang out, and yeah. we'll go, like, say, to the improv one night, whatever, and, and someone will look at you and they go, oh, your hair's not spiked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a show tonight. <laughs> Whoa. Damn it. Yeah, it's your trademark. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone check out Claude Stewart. And uh, so that's uh, Instagram, Facebook. Are you on yes. Threads? Uh, X... What else? Yeah, yeah. Every, oh everything gosh. will pop. Everything, if you just put, right? type in Claude Stewart, it'll, it'll pop and, up. Yeah, it'll yeah. Oh, and it's all on the website. Yeah, so. yeah. Yes, all on YouTube. your website. And is there anything you want to plug? Well, the, your show is going to be on CBS. Yeah, uh, so please watch Funny You Should Ask uh, December 7th uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, yeah, I've got a, a Tubi special, a Dry Bar special, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll be hearing about these movies that I'll be uh, producing soon. We're keeping our, <laughs> by the way, you and I both are doing some producing on the side as yes. well. And, uh, you know, it's funny how everyone, you're writing a book, Sarah, Mm -hmm. like everybody's got stuff that we do, not just the stand up. That's what's cool. We're we're all like Renaissance people. Yeah. You you have to be, you have to be. And you've got some really, really cool stuff in like some really cool irons in the fire right now. Thank you. So do you. Yeah. And I'm, thank you. And I'm keeping (laughs) my fingers crossed for you. And hopefully next time you come back, you'll be able to share with the listeners, you know, yeah, let's do a part two. Yeah, I, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. thinking let's uh, pop some champagne and, and celebrate yeah, next time. Well, I was going to say, well, <laughs> no doubt. but the four of us need to have dinner. Yes, so again, we'll absolutely. That. Yes. Um, I'll tell you, it's I'll tell you about a year. Get off here. So, yeah. I don't want to say it on the air just in, in case one of my stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for stopping Dude, can by. I ask you a question can, before we end? Yes. Sure. Do we have a couple minutes? Yes. I just have to ask him. So, tonight we're drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. I'm going totally off topic. 
<laughs> you and I have had a lot, and I mean oh a lot <laughs> of wine together. Absolutely. Over the years. You're generally a red guy. One, sure. 100%. For the most part, yes. you're generally a red guy. Generally, yes. How are you enjoying this particular wine tonight? You know, I dig it, and I don't know why. I'm imagining, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm imagining. Like I told you. Like, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm, I don't know why. I'm, I'm wearing a long sleeve, uh, white button-down shirt, right. khakis. Uh, I, I'm like, I'm sitting on a picnic table. I'm overlooking that. It's a sunny, beautiful day. <laughs> You know, this is, that's well, that's a very, it, well, you know what, that's that's an actual great descriptor because this is a very crisp, very clean. You got the crisp white shirt down wine, with the khakis. You know, this. Starched. Just yeah. ironed. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, this Rutherford Hill Sauve Blanc is a very crisp, very clean, very pure expression. It really, really is, you know, but uh, do you find it grapey? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I find it grapey. Oh, sir, if I do, does that make me a grapist? Because that, that, I do you, not. You know what? Do not be a grapist. <laughs> yes. You know, hashtag grapist. All right. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, guys. Dude, thank thank you for point. coming in. This and you see how fast this goes? I know. I look up. It's I'm like, what? You, got, you got to come back. It's please. never enough time. It's not. It's never so, enough time. Let's set a date. Thank you guys so much. I seriously. And I if you want to follow Sarah Halstead or find Sarah, me. you can find me. I'm just you know Sarah Halstead. <laughs> and if you want to find me, all my socials are Rich Chasler. And for all our listeners uh, who listened to the last show that went out to get the Rutherford Hill Sauv Blanc, thank you for joining us in this wine. And keep emailing us. And keep emailing us at drinking during business hours at, at, at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> And what else? Um, and yeah, uh, please just subscribe. Yes, five subscribe. stars. Five yes. stars. Subscribe. It just, five it, stars. It, 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 it takes a, a half, a, a nanosecond. Just, I, you know. And you know what else we've never said to the listeners before? And we have a pretty fair amount of listeners now. We do. If there's a wine you love that you would like for us to taste on the yes. show. Oh, that's a great idea. Yes. Yes. Please write in cool. drinking during business hours at yes. gmail.com and let us know what you're drinking. The experts uh, will and, let you and, yes. and we would be happy to grab that wine. Even if it's two buck chuck. It doesn't funny. matter. It makes no difference. Yeah. It could no, be boxed hey, wine. It doesn't us. matter. Yeah. Turn yes. us on to something we're not drinking and share it oh, with us oh. as much as we're sharing with you. What are we drinking next time? Ooh, good question. Yes, Ooh. we almost forgot. What, what are we drinking you, next time? No, what do you want to drink? Champagne? Uh, it's yeah, almost the holidays. Should, okay, yeah. this is what I think we should drink. <laughs> um, Nino Franco Prosecco. You know what? <laughs> That's a great call. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And I just recently saw Nino Franco Prosecco featured in a master class online Given by the wine master James Suckling. Yeah, he he likes Nino Franco. Likes, wow. So, this so is let's like, do that. I'm going to tell you how how clueless I am and how much you guys know about wine. When you said Nino Franco, I swear to God, I thought she was going to say Santa Maria. Oh, that's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> Nino, so baby, Prosecco is another expression of sparkling wine. It's Italian. Yeah, yeah. and it comes from the gla uh, the Glera grape. Glera is the grape. And uh, Nino Franco's DOCG, like it's it's incredible. It's, and it's really, so, really, it's good. really inexpensive. And it's super inexpensive. What a so, wonderful holiday! Well, and sparkling. when I say inexpensive, less than champagne. Well, <laughs> you know. yes, 
But I mean, Fair. it's what in the twenties, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's in the twenties. So it's not that expensive mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And we would love to share a bottle of Vanino Franco with you guys. So let's do it. I think that's let's what we'll it. be drinking hey. on the so next we'll do it episode. Next time. And thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you in two or hear you. Um, you're going to hear us. <laughs> and don't forget, email You'll us. You'll hear us in two weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll hear you then. Oh, and one more You'll shout out. You'll hear us then. Hold on. We got to give a couple shout outs really quickly. We got to give a shout out to Riedel Glasses, as always. And they're going to be supplying us with some more glasses for the show. So they'll become thank a partner. Thank you, thank you to Riedel. And thank you to Pretty Easy Podcasts mm-hmm. who edit and produce our show. That's awesome. And uh, and that's it. Everyone else can. And go. everyone else can go fuck off. That's it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. <laughs>